We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, we're going to talk here some over and under achievers from the Colts for the 2022 NFL season. I think most of you can probably have an idea before we even get into this topic about who have been some of the over and under achievers this year. No doubt that, you know, from a standpoint that the defense for the Indianapolis Colts has been a whole heck of a lot better than the offensive side of things have and all things in consideration we know where it's going but we'll go ahead and just start with this here so uh first things first you have to mention you have to mention the play of Zaire Franklin as an overachiever. I mean, this is a guy that signed a three-year contract in the offseason. It's basically getting paid like four or five million dollars a year, right? And or I think it might be a little more than that. I think it might be more like five or six. But either way, you just signed him to it an extension this offseason. He was a special teams captain coming into this year, just a backup linebacker for all intents and purposes in 2021 had finished the year with 40 tackles and an interception. And this year was take, had to take on the responsibility of taking over for, for, for all pro linebacker Shaquille Leonard, who is by most people's standards is the best linebacker in football. And to take on that responsibility of, hey, Shaquille's not playing the rest of the year, man. I mean, we need you to take over. We need you to be, you know, the guy, right? And we need you to take over and, and lead this defense. And he had to take on that responsibility and really didn't have a choice. And, of course, alongside Bobby Okereke, his other linebacker, Zaire Franklin put on a season this year. Folks, he finished the year with 160 tackles. He was amongst top 10 in total tackles for all linebackers this year. I mean, that is incredible. That's something that we talk about with Shaquille Leonard every single year is him being amongst the top in tackles every single year. And Zaire Franklin did it to a T. I mean, this guy did it 
in, I mean, was averaging almost 10 tackles a game in this season. I mean, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games where he had at least 10 combined tackles. I mean, it's truly incredible what he was able to do. Also had two sacks on the year, uh, forced a couple of turnovers in the meantime. I mean, for a linebacker that you're only paying $6 million a year to be amongst the top in uh, tackles for your team and to be thrust into a situation where he had to be the leader and just not be have ever been in that position before. I mean, he has answered the call tenfold in what needed to be done for this defense. He has led it. He has played the part exactly as you want it. He has, at times, not been great this year, you know, especially in the past coverage of all things. But Zaire Franklin deserves a ton of respect for what he has done for this Indianapolis Colts defense this year, taking over in a situation where he needed to do that. So, fantastic desire. Franklin, he's the first overachiever for this Indianapolis Colts team. Uh, Next one that we have is Rodney Thomas, the rookie out of Yale. This kid, again, had to come into a situation where, you know, Julian Blackman was out for a while and Nick Cross wasn't cutting it. So Rodney Thomas had to step in and has created multiple turnovers this year. Uh, Three interceptions on the year, really doing a fantastic job in coverage all year long for being such a a raw guy at the position and, you know, being only a seventh round draft pick was a stud that Ballard found a way to get and has done a fantastic job for this Colts secondary. And to think he's only a rookie and he's doing what he's doing already. He looks like he's been part of this defense for multiple years. So fantastic by Rodney Thomas this year, doing what he has done. And for another guy in the secondary, we stick with, Stephon Gilmore. It, it, no doubt about it, an overachiever. I knew I, a lot of people thought that uh, Stephon Gilmore, including myself, thought that he was going to be a very good player. But I, there's been multiple times this year where Stephon Gilmore has been one of the biggest proprietors to us winning football games and has actually, you know, sealed the deal on a few wins this year. Actually, three of the four wins that the Indianapolis Colts actually have. Stephon Gilmore was the guy that got tested at the end of games to be the one to end it, right? You talk about the de- the Kansas City game. You know, he got tested twice on that last drive, uh, made a play on both. It, one ended up in an interception for somebody else that ended up being huge in the game-winning play for them. Uh, you talk about the Denver game, right? He had an interception in that game, and he was the one that got tested at the end of the game uh, to win it in overtime for the Indianapolis Colts against the Broncos. And then you talk also about a couple, uh, one other game against the Raiders and the Raiders where Devontae Adams, you know, is testing him at the end of the game and Stephon Gilmore answered the call. You know, that's been Stephon Gilmore all year. Stephon Gilmore has answered in some of the biggest moments for the Indianapolis Colts. And I am, I, I am amazed at what he's been able to do this year. You know, we talk about his age and he's getting up there in age, but I mean, he just looks like a player that 
can still do it, man. I mean, he still looks like a guy that's, he was one of the best shutdown corners in NFL this year. No doubt about it. So fantastic work by Stephon Gilmore. Grover Stewart is another one. Uh, Grover Stewart stat-wise improved in every category this year. Combined tackles was his number one year. Assisted tackles, sacks, you know, tackles for loss. Like some of those big plays, especially early in the year, uh, Grover Stewart was just a force to be reckoned with in the run game. Like nobody wanted to run it towards Grover Stewart because of what Grover Stewart was doing to offensive linemen. Grover Stewart doing a fantastic job of improving. Hope that he continues to improve on his play. And of course, an honorable mention, I feel like I should mention here, is Jelani Woods. Uh, Jelani Woods, while you know some people had higher expectations than what he gave, uh, I think that a lot of us can sit back now and say that he is an overachiever because we honestly thought going into the season, we thought that Jelani Woods might end up being like the guy that might get left off the roster. Like there was a point when Mo Ali Cox, Kylan Granson were the one and two, and then you had Drew Ogletree playing better than Jelani was in the off in the offseason in training camp and was outperforming him in a lot of different ways. And Drew Ogletree, to most people, thought was going to be the number three tight end. And Jelani was just going to get put on the on the practice squad or something to see what Jelani has gone through early in the season to what he has been able to do throughout the season when he has been given opportunities to do that. I think that speaks volumes to the player that he is and what he has been able to do. So that's an overachiever. And one more overachiever that I will mention before we move on. Two more, actually. Uh, and it's both defensive players again. Surprise, surprise. That is Rodney McLeod. I think a lot of people thought Rodney McLeod was going to be a good player for us for this year, but I think a lot of people don't quite uh, didn't quite expect what Rodney McLeod did for this defense, having very sound game play, and, and I love that what Rodney McLeod has done for this team. Uh, and Gus Bradley, I think, deserves an overachiever award for losing your best defensive player for the entire year. You know, you lose that turnover factor already, and to have to go in with several different issues and do what you did, especially from middle of the season to now. The defense was a great improvement. So I think Gus Bradley deserves some praise for that. Now let's go to the underachievers, right? And I mean, this can range from anywhere, guys. I mean, we can literally pull out a name out of a hat at this point to who it is because you can blame anything and everything, right? underachiever you know you talk about Chris Ballard you talk about the coaches right we'll talk about a few of those but I mean the number one thing you have to talk about is Matt Ryan right the quarterback being an underachiever because of the fact that we thought Matt Ryan was going to come in and be a very solidified piece he was going to come in restore balance to the uh, offense and be able to make plays that mattered and be able to identify things on defense on offense and be able to make the easy plays. Right. And all season we have not seen that. 
Uh, Matt Ryan, there has been a few games where Matt Ryan really showed you some things for sure. But for the majority of the season, you've gotten a quarterback that lacked arm strength, lacked willingness to expand the field. You uh, had a guy that looked like, because of the offensive line, which we're going to get to in a second, looked like a deer in headlights at times, didn't know what to do, and ultimately became a turnover machine. Uh, ended up turning the ball over over 20 times by himself. Double-digit interceptions, double-digit fumbles. I mean, there's, the, the, the guy has been a walking turnover all season and has also, I think, not played in about five games now. So you look at it from that perspective. I mean, the, it was really bad with Matt Ryan. A lot of the stability that we were hoping from Matt Ryan, he did ultimately not bring. And through a lot of different reasons, it was because of coaching, because of offensive line, I get that. But you also have to take credit for the fact that Matt Ryan didn't make things any easier for this team. Now, going to one of the biggest reasons why Matt Ryan wasn't the way he was was because of the offensive line. And for, I mean, honestly, I mean, the entire offensive line deserves blame here because there's not a single person on this that's not guilty of being part of this regime and how it has uh, happened for this team. Obviously, since week 12, uh, the Indianapolis Colts have actually been one of the better offensive lines. Uh, it's been more like, yeah, week 11 or so. Since then, uh, at the late end of the season, the Colts have actually become a pretty solid offensive line. They haven't been great. They haven't been bad. You know, they've been solid, which, you know, is still kind of an underperformance based on what you're paying some of these players, right? And we don't pay these players the way we are right now for them to be solid. We want them to be a great offensive line because you're paying Quentin Nelson and, and Braden Smith and Ryan Kelly all this money, and it's just not working out. So that is something that you definitely need to look at going into the offseason on what you're going to do with this because we can't have this offensive line underachieving like this again especially with the fact that, you know, you might be bringing in a new quarterback and they need to be protected. And Chris Strouser is another name to mix in with the O-line. Again, he has not done his job as an offensive line coach to getting these guys ready. That's on him a little bit, and he needs to be at fault for that. Uh, some of the other players that you got to talk about, Michael Pittman, Another player, again, the guy that's been the veteran on this offense for one of the longest uh, from a skill player position standpoint. You know, I know that this is only his third year, but, you know, Michael Pittman, that last year with Carson Wentz, there were times when Michael Pittman was showing you glimpses that he could become a number one wide receiver. And then even in the offseason, we saw Michael Pittman, you know, balling against, uh, against our secondary, you know, Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman looking like they had the connection down. And sure enough, you know, Michael Pittman's numbers have been down. Michael Pittman has had two touchdowns all year. You know, Michael Pittman has had a lot of severe drops, a lot of missed blocks, a lot of missed assignments, you know, just hasn't been a dominant threat that this passing game really needs him to be. So that's why he's an underachiever. Moali Cox is another one. For fault of his own and non-fault of his own, 
You know, he hasn't been involved in the offensive game plan. And you're paying this guy some of the most money of your entire offense. And Molly Cox has, I think, been averaging like one one target a game at this point. I mean, throughout the whole season. I mean, he has not had any success. You don't use him in the red zone. You don't use him anywhere besides blocking. You know, that's the only thing you use him for. And it's not the fact that if that's what the Colts want him to be, then that's okay. I'm fine with him being that. But you're paying him a lot more money than what a lot of other teams are paying their tight ends. And he's not giving you production in the passing game. There's only been one game where Moali Cox even made an impact. And it was against the Tennessee Titans. And I believe it was week four. And you still ended up losing that game because you couldn't score over 20 points. But Moali Cox had two touchdowns in that game. You know, so again, Moali Cox not been involved in the offense, getting paid too much for what he's had to deal with. And two defensive players that definitely have been underachievers this year, Brandon Faison being one of them. Brandon Faison, I knew a lot, I know a lot of people, we didn't know what to expect with Brandon Faison coming over, but Brandon Faison has been one of the worst corners in almost every metric by uh, PFF and a bunch of others. It's been literally one of the worst graded co- corners in all of the NFL. So very much an underachiever. And Kenny Moore as well is the big one, right? Because Kenny Moore, you know, off of two, like ever since he's been to Indy, uh, has had phenomenal seasons, you know, has been named to the Pro Bowl last year. You know, it was a guy that played some really fantastic football over the last several years. And we have seen him just collapse this year uh, amid the co- contract controversy that we had in the offseason with him and Chris Ballard not wanting to pay him at the moment. Now it may seem like we may never get to see him get paid. Uh, there's that. And then, of course, when we're talking about with the offensive coaching, that's something that's got to improve over the offseason. We know there's going to be a new head coach potentially getting hired, new coordinators, new bu- new bunch of different things. So, of course, you know, things have to go right for Indy and the coaching staff department because it was the second worst offense, if not potentially the worst offense in the NFL this year. And it has only gotten worse since Jeff Saturday came here. So a lot of things into consideration, this team needs to improve from that perspective. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let me know who you believe was an overachiever this year and who was an underachiever this year. I'm curious to know your guys' thoughts. Uh, We may revisit this at some point. But thank you guys again so much for the continued support. We greatly appreciate it. Let me know what you uh, think of the video. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. All that good stuff. And as always, guys, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.